Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Well, um, just as it, by way of a foreword, um, we've been talking about signs and wonders, and uh, I was reading uh, an old testimony I had from Reinhard Bonke. Does, do you all know who Reinhard Bonke is, the evangelist? And it was, it's in a tremendous story because of the love he had for the nation of Africa, the dark continent of Africa. Um, he went there, started off very small, many of you know the story, playing an accordion on the corners of streets in different African countries. And before um, anything really happened in his ministry, he just did what he did out of love. When there was 10 people or 50 people, he just kept on going. But one day there was a change, and uh, he had uh, um, a spirit breakout. He had the, the anointing. Something inside him just exploded, and he began to preach in a way that he'd never done before. And um, he really, he really uh, made the, the devil tremble in his boots for Africa. And he said something interesting. He said, miracles are just God's way of advertising. Miracles are just God's way of advert. You know, everyone needs to promote stuff. Miracles are God's way of advertising that he's alive and well, and he's around, and he's here. Amen. And so um, he was in a supernatural battle in 1984. This massive tent that he had um, financed got ripped apart in a storm in the Cape, in, uh, in the Cape province. And um, uh, it was a complete mess. You think, you know, everyone thought, you're never going to get this campaign, this crusade underway. And he said, no, I'm going to, uh, you know, it's like in Africa, you can hold church under a tree. You know, you don't need to have a tent. You just need to have a gathering of people sometimes. And so he believed, and he believed he was going to get this, um, uh, this campaign going. And it was a campaign that was so successful that on the final night of the campaign, the amount of people that came to the crusade would have exceeded the size of the tent that could have accommodated them. So in a way, God removed the tent to make way for more people. <laughs> Isn't that ama- amazing? Amen. And so Reinhard Bonker, that was well a well-known thing, well-publicized. Um, he, thousands and thousands of people gave their lives to Jesus. And he says, you know, when, when there's signs and wonders, when the Holy Spirit sweeps in, evil spirits are swept out. And that's what happens. Signs and wonders when the Holy Spirit comes in, evil is, evil is swept out. Amen. Amen. So just as we looked at the hallmarks of different ministries last week, remember talking about the hallmarks of supernatural ministry, remember that there are hallmarks on the opposite side, cultures, people groups, even territories and places that have acceded to evil over long periods of time. And um, we have to decide, what miracles would we want to see here? Do we believe for them? What do we want to see sweep in here? The miracle, the miracle of miracles in Africa, where they're so bound up in witchcraft, 
and occult and ancestral worship was that the most, the mo most people were delivered from witchcraft. That was the miracle of miracles. What would be the miracle of miracles in Kilwinning? What would be the miracle of miracles in Scotland? What is the blight on our people that God says, I have a miracle of miracles that is going to change Scotland's heart? Could it be addiction? Could it be addiction? Could it, what scourges upon Scotland that, that God says, miracle of miracles is coming? And when that comes, it's going to sweep evil out of our areas. Amen. Amen. And so there's going to be victory just like there was for Reinhard Bonka. We, you, God only needs one man or one woman who all of a sudden gets, I like to put it this way, righteously angry and, 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 and militant. Actually, it's, um, this is not a political rally, but, that, but, but there's an army rising up. And there's a militant force. And I want to preach about that in a couple of weeks' time. And so um, Reinhard Bonka had an amazing ministry in Africa because he loved the people. And it didn't matter what color or creed they were. Everything is united at the cross. No matter what color you are, no matter what creed you are, what language you speak, at the foot of the cross, everything is the same. Everything is the same. Amen. You cannot divide people. And the, one of the hallmarks of his ministry, Reinhard Bonke's ministry, was that he respected everyone who worked with him, and he loved them, and they reached the continent of Africa. Amen. Amen. So this, um, th this message is about love, and it's called Love is First. All right? Love is First is the title of this message. And just as we were praying there about Mary... Um, she put her love for Jesus first. And um, she was there at the beginning, there at the end. And um, she put her love and care for Jesus first. And today, this message is about that there is a love that's born of God inside you. It's not a natural love. Uh, for those of the scholars here, we know it as agape love. And it's a supernatural love. And when we begin to give out that love, and when we begin to experience that love, there are supernatural consequences to that love. So this message, Love is First, is actually fits right into our supernatural series because supernatural things work out of love. Love has to be first. Love has to be there right at the core and the center of everything for the supernatural to follow on. If there's no love, there will be no signs and there'll be no wonders. There'll be no miracles. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Do you see what it's done there in Galatians? It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or not. And he was speaking in their context at that time, Jewish young men would have to be circumcised. It doesn't matter. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And later on in Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, 
I could have done with some forbearance this morning. We had to take our daughter to the airport and um, we, we were held up a couple of times on the road by slower drivers. <laughs> Do you know, I, you know, this past few weeks has been, has been a time of, of major life learning opportunities for me. I don't know about for you. And yeah, you, get, you, you understand you have to protect your peace and the anointing. You have to fight for it. And sometimes we just do silly things like get frustrated. Anyway, the fruit says love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. But do you notice in Galatians 5, what is the very first fruit of the Spirit mentioned? Love. Love is first. Love is first. The rest of those things are all facets of love. Without love, none of the rest of it is possible. (laughs) The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus Christ, and it's produced by the Holy Spirit of Christ in the follower of Christ. So the fruit of the Spirit is Jesus' character. It's who he is, but it's the Holy Spirit that enables it within you in you as a follower of Christ. Amen. Now I want to read something to you this morning, and I just hope I can find it on my phone. We have a, we have a young friend, and uh, he's the son of a family that we, that we know. And I want to read this um, testimony to you this morning. If I can, there we go. All right. This young man is in Argentina at the moment. His family live in the Cape, and he's with YWAM in Argentina. And um, he sent a prayer request out. We're on a kind of a chat that he's on, and he sent this prayer request out here. And he says, um, oh, let me go to the first one. Please bear with me. I have a prayer request. This was a few weeks ago. I have a roommate who's a bit rowdy and loud, and he's getting on my nerves. His words. He's getting on my nerves a bit. Please pray that God will give me patience and wisdom and that God will change him to be a bit more considerate. This was a few weeks ago. So a couple of days ago, I get another message. I just want to thank everyone who prayed for me and my roommate in that situation. So God changed my heart. I I was becoming offended with everything he did until until one morning soon after I asked for prayer on the group. In my quiet time, God spoke to me to love first. I took some time and thought and prayed about it, and I realized that I wasn't loving him first. I repented and asked him for forgiveness, for judging him and becoming offended with him. Over, <laughs> over the next few weeks, his habits and mannerisms still irritated me, but it didn't affect me anymore. Unfortunately, he left the DTS yesterday as he struggled to adapt to all the rules, but I will continue to pray for him. Now, that, that speaks volumes, 
This is a young man. Some of you might know Thomas, um, Arno and Marilee's son. Um, and I thought, wow, there's a message in that. Love first. And so what happens with us when we let the love of Christ constrain us? It means that we choose to walk in love towards people, even the difficult ones. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on your emotions. It's to allow the God kind of love, the agape love, to rule over you and to motivate everything that you do. And so with it being Mothering Sunday, I wanted to keep this short. I want to go through a few points so that we all understand what love is. Love is a fruit. It's not a gift. So you don't get the gift of love. The gift of love was Jesus. But love is a fruit. You can't be anointed with love. You can't be baptized with love. Love is a fruit. Okay? Love is the acid test for being a true disciple of Christ. That's point number one. John chapter 13, verse 35 says, By this will all know, men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Amen? A disciple, is, a disciple is a follower of Christ or a follower of somebody. When you come to discipleship seminar at the end of April, you're going to leave here completely changed with the revelation of what it means to be a disciple and a discipler. Okay, so a true disciple of Christ has love at the very core of his, his or her being. Number two, love is commanded by Christ. Love is not a choice that we make that today, I decide, well, you may choose not to love someone, but it is, a, it is actually a commandment. It's a commandment. John fifteen twelve says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. And um, commandments are not suggestions. They're, they're commandments. And it's like when this, a soldier in an army receives a, a command from his commanding officer, if he does not carry out that commandment, then he can be punished for it. Number three, love is self-sacrificing. You lo love, love gives up some of your own preferences and wants and needs and it defers to someone else. It might be even someone else's behavior that is irritating you, but you sacrifice your own preferences to get along, you know? And I guess, you know, if I want advice on that, I guess I should go and speak to those that have been married a long time. <laughs> you know, after... 30, 40, 50, 60 years, love's got to be in that formula somewhere for sure because love overcomes all the eating noises and everything else that they can, and the, the mannerisms and the quirks that we can, we can have. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Next point, love is in action and it's self-giving. It seeks to help other people in need. Before this was the Bridge Church, it was called Cornerstone Church. 
And years and years ago, we had, we, had a, we had a project called the Cornerstone Love in Action Project. And actually, I think that was where our Chernobyl with Colin came out of when we sent um, aid to Chernobyl. Um, it was because we put our Love in Action Project, we put the wheels on that and we got th this aid over to Belarus. So love is in action. It seeks, it seeks to give. It doesn't wait for an opportunity to give, but it looks for opportunities to give. 1 John 3.17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and he shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Next point, love, this, and this is an important one. I know there are people sitting here that will, this will, this will resonate with you. Love destroys all fear. Love destroys fear, knowing that you're in the hands of your Savior and He loves you with a supernatural love. It should, it, it, I say it should, and you, oh, that's easy for you to say, but it should banish fear from our lives. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves being tormented. Let us not love in word or in tongue. Oh, sorry. Uh, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Hallelujah. No, point, next point. Love protects and hides the faults, weaknesses, and mistakes in other people. We've always said this. Love covers. Love covers. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Love covers a multitude of sins. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12 says, hatred stirs up strife. Hatred is a horrible thing. The polar opposite of love is to hate somebody. But love covers all sins. Proverbs 17, 9, he who covers a transgression over seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. There's the, the devil's... Um, job is to divide people, divide friendships, divide the best of friends. I mean, I might be being a bit presumptuous here, but who in this place has lost, I don't mean a best friend who's passed away, or, but who has lost a best friend? They are still alive, but they're no longer a best friend. I can put my hand up to that. We've lost best friends. Galatians 6.1, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore that person in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. People that are struggling and that have, that have stumbled and fallen, we restore them gently in love. Amen? Don't criticize a brother or sister. Don't condemn a brother or sister, or expose their faults. Don't wash their dirty laundry in public, but restore them. Go to them first to help them. The Bible has backup plan because for people who say, well, I don't want your help, you go to them again. Yeah. And, then, and if they still don't want your help, you go again with somebody and you take somebody. We love you. We're here to help you. And if after so many times they still slam the door in your face, then you've done all you can do. You've done what the Bible has asked you to do. 
Next point, love doesn't argue. <laughs> because a gentle word turns away anger. Love doesn't argue. Um, I think I don't know, remember this, the, the scripture, but do not go to sleep on your anger. I mean, you know, when, 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 when I think, you know, foolishness, how, you know, oh, sorry, honey, early days of our lives, we used to let things, you know, linger, but now it's just not worth it anymore. It's not worth it. Don't, don't go to bed with anger in your heart. If you've got time in that day to put it right, then put it right. Next point, love edifies and promotes spiritual growth. Amen. 1 Corinthians 8.1, regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it's love that strengthens the church. The difference, so some people think everything is knowledge. I'll sort everything out by having the knowledge of the word of God is nothing without the love of God. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much, but the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. Love never tries to take advantage of any person. The next point. Romans 13.10, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And finally, love is unselfish and puts other people first. Romans 12.10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Amen? Amen. Love is unselfish and puts other people first. Our mums put us first. Our moms were unselfish. They definitely were. They put, they put us first. And there's um, different types of love that exist in the world today. And the world out there does not know the agape love of God. An unbeliever can't know the agape love of God. You must have God, a revelation of God and Jesus Christ in your heart to know the love of God. And so we have... We, there's, there's, the, there's the love of friends, friendships. There's the desire of between men and women and all of that, which is called eros. And then there's also, there's also um, the uh, storge type of love, which is family love. That's the love of a family. Children, parents, grandparents, extended family. So... All of these different types of love, people say, well, that is what love is. It's our job to show them what the real love is. Amen? And agape love is the type, I think it's like that motherly kind of love because it's not conditional. Your mom loves you. It's not conditional. Conditional love is based on performance. You know, it's like, I will love you as long as you make your bed in the morning. You keep your room tidy. I'll love you as long as you keep me happy. I'll love you as long as you serve my purposes. I'll love you as long as you fulfill my desires. But what, it, what, it, what it's really saying is when you can no longer do something for me, then I won't need you anymore. And that is not the kind of love. That's not the agape love of God. 
The agape love of God says, I want what is best for you. You're not just an object. You're not just an object to be used or abused. You're not here to be taken. I'm not going to take advantage of you. I'm not going to manipulate you. And I'm not going to exploit you. You're here to be loved. It's an unconditional love that expects nothing back. That is the agape love of God. Amen? So to close this little short message, when we consider building the church or whether we're thinking of building our home, and if you're in this place this morning and your home is turbulent, you have a chaotic, you've heard that before, a chaotic home life. We, I often hear that when I'm, when I'm in the schools. And we're, we're discussing pupils and we're discussing attendance and everything. And you often hear, oh, they have a chaotic home life. Things are not well at home. But you can't build a home on any of those other types of love. You, but if you build a home on the agape love of God, then you'll have done your part in building a home where your children and your grandchildren can come. And they can walk into your house and go to the fridge and help themselves and, and uh, you know, just be at home. This is the kind of home and this is the kind of place that we want to have as our church home. A place where no matter where if you're in the family of God, the, the agape love of God is waiting here to welcome you. We all, we all have one thing in common, and that is the, the blood of Jesus, our salvation, and he, God held nothing back. He gave the ultimate sacrifice because of his love for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I, would, I, can, I can never fathom that. I can never fathom that. The ultimate sacrifice. I would, you would rather put yourself before someone that you loved. And when I was reading about love, I was reading about testimonies of love, and I heard about a, one of the shootings that happened in the States in Colorado in 2012 in a theater, and I haven't had this verified, but there were young men in that place that the first thing they did was they stood in front of their women to protect them. And you hear about all of, and in a couple of weeks' time, the message we're going to talk about, not heroics as such, but we're going to talk about how battle sharpens us. We're in a battle. We'll never forget that and how it sharpens us, and how it keeps us keen when we're in that battle mindset. And I think that uh, this, you'll have heard this, this has been a cliched Christian saying for a long time, this is not, it's not a pleasure boat, it's a battleship. That we're, we're, in a, we're on a battleship, not a pleasure boat, not a pleasure cruise. The times are changing rapidly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.